everybody, and welcome to a special Pot on You Loons episode. This is Justin. Yeah, special Pot on You Loons. This is Sam. Super special Pot on You Loons. This is James. Hey, everybody. Pot on You Loons. This is Jeremy. It's been a while. Doomsday. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Thank you guys so much for having me on. I'm kind of looking forward to uh, talking about what we got on the pod today and uh, kind of been dormant in terms of my writing and and doing the stuff for my franchise, but uh, I'm working on some things, so I'm hoping to be back into it pretty soon. Longtime listeners, you'll remember Doomsday Jeremy. We, We do reference you quite a bit on the podcast, but you haven't been on here in a while. So I lived with Jeremy for three years in what we call our How I Met Your Mother years. And we would have worked with Justin, uh, all taught at the same school at the same time for just a semester. And then James was playing fantasy football with us all at the same time. So that's kind of how the four of us know each other. But Jeremy, you want to just kind of let us know, like, I know you do a lot of NFL writing. What website do you write for these days? You've you've written for multiple websites at this point, but. Yeah, I've been writing for a couple, but uh, honestly, I'm, I'm kind of on a hiatus right now, so I'm not writing at all right now. Like I said, I have a couple ideas in the works. Uh, the My Franchise podcast is sort of taking a little break. I don't know if we're going to come back with it or not, but uh, I got some things I'm working on on my own. Maybe before NFL draft time, I might have something up and running, but we'll see. Yeah, and regardless... Okay. R- regardless of if he gets my franchise back up and going again, I would give Jeremy a follow because he is the fantasy football guru. He's in like 200 leagues and he usually wins them. <laughs> he usually wins all of them. So if you have NFL fantasy football questions, he is your guy. I guess well, that, and, that's and the big know, shout out I'll give you. And you know, Sam, I'm just going to do my best to keep up with you all today because it's, uh, because of you guys uh, kind of sparked my MLS interest to be a little more of a follower of the, of the loons. And, and uh, you guys, uh, you guys are pretty knowledgeable. I, I hate to admit that since you're also my friends and I don't want to give you too much praise, but uh, I, I really, uh, I've really become an MLS fan because of this podcast. So I appreciate you letting me take along for a little bit. Absolutely. I mean, I mean you, you say you don't want to, you know, pump our ego, but, we cracked top 50 for the first time. Our ego is already huge. <laughs> <laughs> yes, two years in. So we, years we've in. been doing this. So our first episode launched February 16th, 2020. So shortly before the world came crashing to a halt, we launched a podcast. And two years in, we reached the top 50 on the Apple, on the Apple podcast charts specifically for soccer not not for everything so we're not up there with like <laughs> we're, we're not up there with like whatever the new yorker publishes or npr or serial or anything like that but top yeah. 50 for soccer yeah uh, thank you thank you i actually think we might have reached number 36 Ooh, nice so th- thank you to everyone that gave us a shout out on twitter for that that was really cool it was uh it was the guys at 10k that actually pointed that out because they they noticed and uh, they gave us that shout out on Twitter. I appreciated that. Now, if you time. if you look up Minnesota United, do we show up yet, Sam? Like on the searches, or are we still you still got to look pretty hard for us? So Apple is the stingiest with us in the search engine. If you type in loons, you find us right away. I think if you type in Minnesota United or MNUFC, I don't think you find us on Apple. You will on the other ones. 
If you look for us on Spotify or Google, I think you'll find us right away. Maybe not number one. You know, maybe you have to scroll down a little bit, but you'll eventually find us. Yeah, and uh, if you if you Google uh, Minnesota United podcasts, it'll list like a bunch of podcasts at the top. We are we are in that list. We're in that yeah. list. Okay, we are we are across the top. How many non soccer related podcasts are above us in that list? Well, it's Loon Talk, Sound okay. of the Loons, Ten K okay. Pitches, Loons Out of Water. That's so Metro. I've never heard of that one. I, so Loons Out of Order. I've never even heard of that. That's so Metro. I think is a Red Bull New York podcast. Okay, then there's the Daves I know, Score North. Royal Blue FC, which is an RSL and Everton podcast. Yeah, that's, that's not good. us. Uh, we call it Soccer, 55, okay. uh, 55-1, The Dummy Run, Lunacy, and then us. So, okay. We're, you know, we're all right. Okay. So only only a handful of non-Loons podcasts above us. And then, yeah. and then most Loons podcasts, if we're being honest. <laughs> 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 but number one in your hearts. Mm-hmm. Number one in your hearts. Yeah, thank you to everyone. And hey, if, if you're listening and you want to, you know, keep the momentum going for us, encourage you to su- subscribe on the platform of your choice. Hell, subscribe on multiple multiple platforms. No one cares. Uh, if you could give us a five-star rating um, on Apple and Spotify, they both allow that. Give us a review on Apple. That'd be cool. And just follow us on the socials at Podloons. We're there. I'll put I'll put the links in the show notes. Well, guys, anything else you want to talk about before we get going with some news? I just want to say I'm getting really excited for this season, guys. It is not very far away, if you didn't know. Next Saturday. Next Saturday, right, is the opener? Yep. It's it's gonna be great to have some games to watch. Yeah, I can't wait. How uh I, I know we just brought in a couple guys who we're gonna be talking about. How full strength will they be on the on the twenty sixth? It sounded like the only person that is not healthy at the moment is Ja'Cory Hayes. Is Trap doing okay? Because I know he got pretty banged up in the second preseason game. I guess I could have looked it up, but... I also don't think we have Ramon Metinay yet, right? I think we do. Yeah, he he played in... He, he's played in all. Yeah. It looked like he was a little hurt in one of the preseason games, but then he was back out in the one following... Adrian okay. Heath said in a press conference recently, and I, I forget which one of the Loons reporters then reported it out, but apparently Ja'Cory Hayes is the only Loon, knock on wood, Ja'Cory Hayes is the only Loon heading into week one that is not currently healthy. Let's hope it stays that way. That that was what this was for, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, anyway, we are we are gathered here today. We just had a kit launch. We're going to be going over the brand new Night Kit, is what it's called, the Minnesota Night Kit. We're going to go over that, kind of compare it to the past Loons kits, go over our favorites, talk about our favorites. That was one of our most popular episodes last year, so we figured we'd do it again this year, make it an annual thing. But first, we have just a few tidbits of Loons news. The first one... Now, Doomsday, I almost want to throw this one out to you because this was your guy. I remember like two years ago when you came on the show, when Justin went to Hawaii, you were all pumped for Luis Amaria in his promise of 25 goals. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know how to feel about this really because, you know, he only played 
seven games, only started five for us when he was with us. And we didn't really get to see the full promise take place. It was like this like flash in the pan, right? It was just, it came out like uh, gangbusters. And then we just didn't, we didn't get to get to see it finalize. And then he transferred out. It seems like he's been, seems like he's been good where he's been. Scored nine goals last year. So 19 appearances and nine goals last year, which is a damn good return. I might add. Yeah, we don't score a lot of goals, so I'll take that. Yeah, I guess the biggest thing is going to be like how he ends up fitting in with the other guys we have on here. But I mean, how can you not be excited when he was here? He delivered for the small period of time he played. Yeah, he felt like a striker. I mean, of all this, of all the strikers we've had on this team uh, since we've been watching, we haven't had a lot that seemed good and seemed like strikers. He seems like a striker, and I'm very, very pumped for him to be back. And I'm excited to see what happens with him and Reynoso playing together, and I guess him and Hanu, right? Like they they scored a goal together in the preseason. So uh, I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah, for sure. He he came in two years ago, promised 25 goals. For a while, he was on pace for like way more than that because he scored in his first two games before the world shut down. We get into the MLS's back tournament. He does score one there, but there was an injury that really kept us from seeing what he had. We tried to bring him in last year, didn't work out. Finally got him in this year. One thing I'm really excited about is he wants to be in Minnesota. He's been hinting about coming to Minnesota for a little bit. He's been flirting with the idea, and now he's here. That makes me excited. He runs to Adrian Heath immediately after scoring that goal. Just seems like he's excited to be here. Seems like he's excited to be back with the Loons, back with Heath. Let's go. It also just feels like last year, for sure, there was a a real lack of depth especially on that front end. And I I feel like they're really deep up front now. I mean, they have a lot of guys who can come in and they can mix and match. And so the biggest thing is we were talking about before is uh, staying healthy. They got to, they got to keep those guys on the pitch. That was me. I, knocking I was going to say, I was, I was waiting for someone to do it because both James and Justin had their fingers crossed as Jeremy was saying that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's so nice like you say, it's nice that we have depth and it's it's kind of an interesting challenge and we'll we'll talk about goalkeepers a bit down the line, but it's also it's kind of the same with strikers. Like we have so many people up front now that it's really about making sure that everyone gets game time, everyone is kind of scoring. And I think it's important that we we make sure that we have people who are on form in, in the pitch because we have so many strikers and so many people up front that if you're trying to play someone who's just not scoring game after game, I don't think that's going to you know, go very well for anyone. So we have Amaria on a two-year contract with a club option for an additional two years. This was announced on Saturday, February 19th. We also, last week, we also finally confirmed long-rumored Kervin Ariaga of Honduras Two-year contract with a club option for a third, announced Wednesday for the midfielder. We did have to pay Austin about $100,000 in GAM for his discovery rights, but no one knows what that means. (laughs) I think we're paying it over two years as well, right, from memory? So I think it's, yeah, 50K this year, 50K next year. Yeah, which is just typical when you, whenever you have a transfer fee, that is typically 
spread out in terms of how the salary cap works. The transfer fees are typically spread out over the years of the contract. So the last bit of news we have before we just review the preseason quickly is Ramon Metinair. He does have a green card, which is significant because Minnesota United has an allotment of eight international spots. Metinair's green card frees one up. So now we have an open international spot. Should we want to use it? Ray, Hanu, Franco, Rosales, Langwane, Ariaga, and, and Amaria are the other seven. Before we move on, sorry to go out of order a little bit with this. I was just looking up. I heard something while we, I was watching the preseason game. The first preseason game against Portland, their announcers brought up Ariaga. You know, we don't know much about this guy, right? Like, none of us have seen him play. Maybe if we're watching Honduras, right? But I guess he, so he played for Marathon. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. And they played Portland in the CONCACAF Champions League last season. And the guys that were announcing, they just mentioned how he stood out to them as being all over the place. The whole, you know, both matches against Portland. So, you know, good to hear that he was able to be successful against MLS teams. Looking forward to seeing that in action. So uh, my question is, you guys always talk about like the different categories and the different ways people are classed so what is the difference between the dps and the eight internationals and all that stuff and like does that mean there's a chance like they could bring in a bigger player maybe mid-season if they need that boost or what does that look like then? yeah so basically we have three we have three designated players each mls team has three dps and that's kind of uh, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but that's like we can pay them the max salary, but only, or we can pay them a salary, but only a set amount counts against the cap. We can right? pay them whatever we want. We can pay those guys anything, and only a set portion is is allocated towards the salary cap. Yeah, so that's why, like, some MLS teams have like ridiculous superstars come and play with them, and they can just pay them ridiculous amounts of money, but actually, only a little bit will count. The eight international spots is just an MLS rule. Uh, most leagues around the world have some kind of rule about this, about how many. Uh, generally, it's only, um, yeah, how do I? It's not like smaller leagues, but like the big five or the big six don't really have any restrictions. Like the Premier League doesn't have any restriction at all. Well, now, now, uh, now but, it's for like, if you're not from England, though, it's like an age restriction now, though, right? With them, James, I think they have something like that, don't they? Yeah. So now due to Brexit, they have some kind of restriction, but like Spain and, and France and stuff, there are generally not that many restrictions. Uh, but the MLS means eight foreigners uh, on any one team. They can be your DPs. They don't have to be. So I think uh, we have all three of our DPs are foreigners, but uh, it doesn't have to be. It seems like it's yeah. it's a rule like uh, like the CFL has this uh, Jeremy where they have you know there's only certain certain number of import players. I'm guessing this was probably something that was collectively bargained to make sure that more American players are, there are American players on the team. You can't just overload your team with a bunch of foreign players. I guess. Yeah, and it, it probably also to build soccer talent in America. You need to have a strong domestic league that's giving American guys a shot if you're going to have a strong pool for the national team. And uh, obviously the whole idea of DPs in the first place and the whole idea of salary caps in the first place is to increase parity in the league. The MLS isn't like the Premier League where you have a set of elite teams that really have a shot at winning the league 
or like Spain or Germany or Italy, where you, you only have certain teams that year after year after year have a shot at all. In the MLS, it really is much more wide open. Sure, if you're one of the big market teams and you have a big spending owner, sure, having a big designated player like Zlatan is helpful. Having Chicharito is helpful. But you don't need to spend big money on all of your players to be competitive in the MLS. You just need to keep up with everyone else. Yeah, I mean, for for comparison, the, the A-League in Australia, you can have a maximum of five foreign players uh, and three players in your squad also must be under 20. So that's like kind of promoting youth and making sure that, you know, not many foreigners are, are from outside. So a little bit different uh, in the A-League, for example. And Serie A, like Italy's league is super, like they're super strict with rules. Kind of most of the other top team, top leagues in Europe are, are quite relaxed. I think Arsenal were the first Premier League team to field an entire team where no one was British back in the day. But uh, Italy, uh, Italy is definitely a lot stricter than. Uh, I mean, that's why Christian Eriksen had to leave because uh, he's not allowed to play with a pacemaker in Italy because there are rules against that. So that's why he now plays for Brentford, for example. Each league just does it differently. Basically, is the answer to your question. And this is, uh, this is what we have in MLS. Well, let's get into our preseason results. So preseason officially over. We'll focus more. Well, I, I mean, we're not going to review any of these games. We're just going to talk about, did we learn anything? And I, I think the biggest thing that we can put out there right away would be the lineups that were used for the game against Portland, as well as the game against RSL, because they were essentially the same lineups. For goalkeeper, Tyler Miller started against Portland. Dane St. Clair started against RSL. So that that was really the only major change between those two games. Our defense stayed the same. It was Ramon Metinair, Michael Boxall, Brent Coleman, and Chase Gasper. Our midfield, Will Trapp, Hassani Dotson. Our attacking midfield, Robin Ludd, Emmanuel Reynoso, Franco Fragapane. Up top and striker, it was Aboud and Lottie, both games ahead of Adran Hanu. Of course, Amaria was not yet with the squad at the time, but Aboud and Lottie starting ahead of Adran Hanu for both of those games. Our sub-lineup was pretty much the same thing too. Towards the end of each game, we, for the lack of a better term, we did a line change because in a friendly, you can make as many substitutions as you want. We kept the same goalkeeper, whether that was Tyler Miller or Dane St. Clair. But for defense, we went DJ, Montgomery, a trialist, and O'Neill Fisher. Our midfield, we switched to Justin McMaster, Joseph Rosales, Nabi Kimanguchi, and Nico Hansen. Uh, I forgot to mention 4-4-2. And then we started to, or we switched to two strikers up top, Adrian Hanu and, and Tani, kind of playing together in a two-striker formation. Now, guys, I want to ask you, did we learn anything here, right? Did we learn anything here? And I, I have several questions for you. The first question I have for you is where will the goals come from? Because after a 1-0 loss versus Portland in a 0-0 draw versus RSL, Minnesota United is now scoreless in three of our four preseason games that we had against MLS squads. I mean, the, the, the good point is that we did put five past Orlando 
a, a slight confidence, although we let in four. So I think that was just a really much more free-flowing game. I do like two strikers. I think I would like to see more of it, especially given the talent that we have. Although having a new basically start as a sub is kind of a little bit awkward. But yeah, I mean, we scored two goals in the final game. So I guess Luis Amaria and Robin Lodd got on got on the score sheet. So, I mean, I'm hoping that these guys kind of, yeah, get it together. I, I, I need to see more from uh, Abu and uh, Anu. One of them missed a sitter, I think. I think it was Adrian Hanu, but... Yeah, it was Hanu. Yeah, I did see that... Uh, I think it was Grant, but I'm not sure who it was on Twitter. If it was you, Grant, awesome. And if it wasn't, I'm sorry to whoever it was. But they did like an expected goals. Uh, oh, if it was expected like, goals, it for sure was Grant, but... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was uh, basically looking at an expected goals versus... Uh, I think it was Robin Lodd as well. And they kind of looked, or like Hanu's previous season, but it kind of looked similar. So it was really that Hanu was just kind of unlucky, but had the similar kind of stat line that led to believe that he would score a lot of expected goals. So it wasn't as terrible, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm hoping Robin Lodd, obviously, but uh, the other guys will need to uh, step up as well. If I know anything from any sport, the preseason doesn't matter. And if you don't score the goals in the preseason, I mean, it'd be nice, right, to score goals, but, you know, they don't count towards anything. You don't, we don't know what they're working on, right? We don't know what their goal is when they walk into that game. Because a lot of times it's, you know, they're looking for something else. It might not even be finishing, right? So I'm not super worried. Uh, if we start out the season, if we start the season out super slow and we can't score goals, maybe we can, you know, raise some concerns. But, you know, they just got to they just got to get rhythm with each other. I mean, Amaria is just showing up, right? So need to find some form together and I'll I'll wait to to make judgment on our ability to score until games happen. Yeah, I mean, I agree with Justin. I think that the the uh, immediate reaction is to be like, here we go again, right? We had such a difficult time scoring goals last season. So not seeing, you know, not seeing the ball hit the back of the net in the preseason is a little bit concerning but you know you have different lineups going in obviously you had the same on these last couple games but they're tinkering with things and they're throwing some things around they're resting guys they're only playing a half so you don't even really know what the game flow and the changes are going to be so I mean the biggest thing is is you didn't see a lot of injuries come out of it that's what matters really for me I like it guys so what's up with Hanu so Dunlady starts over Hanu both games. I'm not quite sure what happened with the Viking game because that one wasn't on. And I, I never, I never, I looked for a lineup. I didn't find one, but what's up with Hanu? One of our three DPs. We have Dunlady starting over Hanu pretty much every game this preseason. Now I will add in the game against Viking that none of us got to see. Hanu did assist Luis Amaria. And, and to me, that implies that Amaria and Hanu probably both came on together as subs later in the game because I know it was a later goal towards the end of the game. But what's up with Hanu? This kind of feels Sorry. this kind of feels like something that I noticed that Adrian Heath does with guys that he wants to see make something happen is he gives them like such a short leash or just barely uses them and says like you got to make it happen in 15 minutes. 
Like, I think that's just kind of his style is like, you gotta, you gotta prove something in limited play for me. And I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I love that because he didn't, he didn't do that for Robin Ludd. Right. And that's the kind of comparison that we get is that, that Robin Ludd started slow. I, I just felt like Heath kept putting Ludd out there, giving him a chance. But it hasn't been the same with Hanu. He's he seems to expect him to do something in a small amount of time. And I just don't know if that's the right way of going about it. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I I looked up Grant's tweet, and basically what it was a tweet was he looked at Anu's 2021 MLS regular season versus Christian Ramirez's 2017 Minnesota United season, which is the highest goal tally that we've had. In a season. So Christian Ramirez scored 14 goals and last year Hanu scored seven. The thing about it is that Hanu had 1.22 shots on target per 90 minutes and Ramirez had 1.19 per 90 minutes. So pretty similar. And Hanu had 0.51 expected goals per 90 and Ramirez had 0.37 expected goals per 90. So Hanu had more expected goals per 90 minutes. Yes, played a lot less minutes. But it's one of those things where last year, Hanu was ranked number six in the entire MLS for non-penalty expected goals per 90 minutes. So it's the first time that he's missed his expected goals. So maybe it's just something about coming to Minnesota, like moving away from France or... Yeah, I mean, like on paper, it didn't look like he had a terrible season. He was expected to get 10 goals and he scored seven. I guess my kind of my question from that is, would we still have this conversation if he'd scored 10 goals last season or 11 goals versus seven, the seven well, that he scored? I, I think you're almost reading too much into it. I, I look at it like this. Dinladi is probably not going to get a lot of playing time once the season starts. You, you brought in Amaria, you have Hanu, you have Frank Apane, you have all these guys, you have Lode, you have all these guys that can interchange up front. So why not get Din Lottie on the pitch for a couple of games and get his feet wet, get him running with the firsts, just in case an injury happens, just in case something forces their hand and he has to play. I remember from watching games last year with Hanu, it just seemed like he was one of the most unlucky players like, it just seemed like he always was this close to scoring a goal. So, like, you figure having better pieces around him, like, that's just going to be all the better for us up front. I don't know. I'm Doomsday is pretty optimistic here, Sam. So, I don't know. Like, maybe, maybe I'm not living up to my moniker. But I'm really excited about what we have up front this year. No, I hear it. I hear you. And one thing you can say. So, a lot of people talk about the Adrian Heath doghouse. Like what players get in the Adrian Heath doghouse and then you just never see, you never see anything from them again, right? Justin's, Justin's favorite, um, Francisco Calvo ended up in the Adrian Heath doghouse. Raheem Edwards. Yeah, I was going to say Justin's other favorite, Raheem Edwards, was in the Adrian Heath doghouse. James's favorite, Ramona Bila. Sorry, we could keep going on and on. Yeah. Oh, man. (laughs) (sighs) Right. But with all those players, it was pretty obvious that there was trouble in paradise. Adrian Hnu, I'm not sensing a lot of drama. And I, I don't know if people are just keeping it more hush-hush. I don't know if, right, like maybe Adrian Hnu just just doesn't want to make a scene. Not that the other players really made much of a scene. I guess Calvo definitely did. But 
the, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to say Abila or um, Raheem Edwards made much of a scene, but I don't sense a lot of drama going on there. I don't sense that yeah, there I, is trouble in paradise. Abila was always on holiday. He was never there to cause drama, right? <laughs> <laughs> now, this whole, like, and Adrian Heath is a man of ha- his habits. The 4231 has been his signature formation for a very long time now. He rarely drifts away from it. He typically only drifts away from it out of necessity. But in both of these preseason games, you see Minnesota United switch to a two-striker formation, and you see Hanu being used in that formation both times. I don't want to be like one of those voices on Twitter that keeps talking about well, what about the two-striker option? What about the two-striker option? We should do the two-striker option. Because we've been saying that for years and it's just never happened. But I'm kind of wondering right now, given that we know Hanu in France, he showed success when playing as a second striker, knowing that we have a lot of depth at striker that we've never had before, and seeing Adrian Heath incorporate this formation Twice in the two preseason games we were actually able to watch, we saw it, we saw him use that formation twice. I'm assuming we would have seen it in the Viking game that we didn't get to watch. That makes me wonder, are we actually going to see Hanu and Amaria play side by side with each other? I think there's more of a chance this year than there ever was in any other year before. Yeah, I mean, I, kn- I know that obviously Heath has a big hand in the, you know, the the acquisition of players and like what we're trying to do, but you have to go with what your talent gives you, right? Like sometimes you got to make changes to your lineup based upon the players that you have. And I know that they pick these guys, right? So, you know, obviously you'd hope to pick them for the formation you want, but if Hanu is going to be more successful in a two-striker formation, if you're going to pay him more than anyone else on the team, you need to you need to change the formation that works for him, right? Uh, and obviously, they had to have known that that was the case, right? That that was what was best for him. But let's hope that they do it because he's got to score goals. Yeah, I don't think uh, I agree. I don't think we can justify paying him this much money if we either don't, you know, do what he like prefers. Or he doesn't score goals. Like if he's not scoring goals, but we're also not putting him in a true striker where he's like the offset striker or whatever his favorite position was. I think it's the offset striker. But yeah, like what what, what are we doing here? Like why don't we just go pay someone else, you know, the same amount of money that could actually do the formation that we play now? Doesn't make sense to me. And maybe it's not just scoring goals, right? It's goal involvement, like getting the assist with Amaria. If that happens, if he becomes, you know, a a premier assist guy, I think that's a win too, right? Find a way to get this guy scoring goals, right? We're scoring goals. (laughs) Put him in situations to be successful, so it it justifies having him be a DP on this team. Yeah, don't. uh, Also, I guess like one of the things that uh, Adrian Heath likes is defense, right? Because that's. (laughs) <laughs> what I'm pretty sure got Ramona Biller in trouble was uh, just didn't track back and didn't play enough defense, right? So I don't think uh, Heath hasn't has time for for strikers that just stay up front and just wait for for balls to come to them. I think it's uh, all around effort that's uh, required. All right, one final question for you before we talk about how we're feeling overall heading into the off season. This is deja vu, guys. Who is goalkeeper one? Heath indicates it's Tyler Miller's job to lose, 
But who's goalkeeper one? Is it Tyler Miller or is it Dane St. Clair? Do we keep two all season long? What are we thinking? I can go first. I think that it's obviously Tyler Miller, right? Like if he's going to say that, that's because it's true. I also think that maybe that, that, you know, that thing at the beginning of the season where we all, we can only keep one of these guys, you know, that might've just been to try to fuel some sort of, you know, competition for the number one spot. I guess we'll probably see someone go in the summer, but I feel like you can't, you can't drop Dane St. Clair right now. Right. Think about the last few seasons that we've had, you know, whether it was Dane St. Clair getting cold last season and needing to make a switch or when Tyler Miller, when he showed up and got hurt right away, like we need, that's why we needed Dane St. Clair to come in in the first place. So I I don't think anybody's going to go right now. I think it's going to be the summer, but it's got to be Tyler Miller. Tyler Miller starting. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I think, uh, I think Tyler Miller's got the hot hands right now, but you know, if we, heaven forbid, go on another zero and four start, I mean, yeah, I think you put DSC in there. You know, he did perfectly well when uh, Tyler got Miller. Tyler got Millard. <laughs> Tyler got injured uh, the season before. Uh, and, I mean, you can't get any worse than he was last season for DSC. Like, so, yeah, I think uh, I think Tyler Miller, I think Tyler Miller starts. So sure. I have a hot take on this, and I, I'm glad that Doomsday is here for this hot take. All, all four of us, we we all watch the NFL a decent amount. So I'm going to make an NFL comparison. Specifically, I'm going to make a fantasy NFL comparison. So you know how when you're in like a 12-team, just standard league, just 12-team league, and you have two quarterbacks that are really good, say, you, you know, maybe not like elite level, but say you have... Matthew Stafford and Kirk Cousins, right? Like decent fantasy quarterbacks, right? Th- those are, are those both decent, like run of the mill fantasy quarterbacks? No, give me, give me two run of the mill fantasy quarterbacks. I mean, I mean, one of those just won a Super Bowl, right? So <laughs> I'm, I'm talking fantasy. I'm not I know talking... what you mean, Sam. You mean like two guys that are yeah. like top 10, right? You're the guy that yeah. has, you have like nine and 10 in a 12 yep. guy league. You have nine and 10 and you're and trying so, to trade one of them. And somebody's got, you know, a handful of teams just got like some, just terrible guy that they have to keep playing because you took two players, right? You took two good ones. Well, so you, you have eight and nine and, and maybe, maybe one of those is one that kind of maybe, maybe one of those was a little bit of flyer and just happened to be good, but you have two good guys say number eight, number nine. Thank you for giving me that. Um, Thank you for giving me that. And you try to trade one. And the most you can get in return is like a third string wide receiver. And that is because when it comes to fantasy football, finding a competent quarterback for your fantasy football roster is relatively easy. Not every, not every player is ideal, but you can usually find a guy that you can plug into that spot and you can get the points for your fantasy team. Well, in the United States, goalkeeper is kind of like that. Right? That's why you don't see a lot of designated player goalkeepers. A lot of people said it was a mistake for um, Colorado back in the day to spend so much money on Tim Howard. That's why you didn't see Minnesota United want to spend big on Vito Minone. Is in the MLS, you can find starting caliber goalkeepers. Right, That's something we do well in the United States is we produce goalkeepers. You can find them. They're not too expensive. They're there. 
And I'm guessing that, yeah, in an ideal world, it would be really nice to offload one of these guys. But what are we getting in return? Because we have two good goalkeepers. We've been in situations where we've needed to we, we've needed to make a switch either because of injury or international duty or just riding the hot hand. We have them both under contract. Dane St. Clair in particular has a pretty high ceiling. What are we getting for these guys in return that makes it worth us giving one of them away? And, and didn't we give Dane St. Clair like a five-year deal? Like, wasn't it like some, it was a long extension and then you're just going to get rid of them? I don't get it. Well, you, you ideally you would sell them, right? If we have them on a multi-year contract, then all of a sudden anything we would get in return for him would be greater. Well, and I, I think this all just plays out. Like if Tyler Miller comes out and he's hot to start the season and, you know, Dane St. Clair can't get in the lineup, then maybe we go and get something for him. And maybe, you know, we just ride Tyler Miller. But how many, how long has it been since, I mean, we've really just had one goalkeeper. Like it seems like there's either been injury or there's been, a, you know, since Vito Minone was the goalkeeper, it seems like it's been kind of multiple goalkeepers running the show. So the fact is, is that, you know, it's probably Tyler Miller's job and he's going to keep that job until, you know, he either loses it or he's hurt and if neither of those things happen then maybe we you know like justin said maybe we maybe we find a a buyer in the summer maybe somebody else loses their keeper and really need you know gets desperate they can give us something for them um but i don't see any reason why we would i mean it's just one more place where we have great depth so why would we you know ruin that i mean i think don't i mean you talk about depth i think we have four goalkeepers right now right we have the the guy that we signed to be third string, Eric and then Dick. there's also big, yeah, Eric. Oh, that's right. We got Eric Dick, and we got Big Fred. So, like, we are. I mean, Big Fred's a bit, probably a bit too young for uh, for MLS, but you know, we we we're, we're stacked at uh, a goalkeeper. But I really think it's you know both Tyler Miller and DSC are just so far ahead of the other two. And yeah, you raised a good point. It's like, what happens if one get injured and we've sold the other one? Well, then, like, we really, we really don't look good at goalkeeper. It's difficult. But then, who do we? But then, if we were going to sell him, do we do we pick up a defender? Like, what do we? Because we're kind of stacked at. Do we do we pick up a midfielder? Because we look kind of stacked up front. Uh, what we uh, what we do is really- we get Gam and Tam James. That's what it's going to be. Oh, we'll right. get some good old Gam Tam. All the gam and tam, right? All the gam and tam, and then we'll uh, we'll get gam and tam for someone like uh, Caden Clark's rights, you know, that, that that kind of style. So, how are we feeling? How are we feeling, guys? Do we improve from fifth place this year? Do we stay fifth place? What are we thinking? I mean, it, we talk about like how H- Adrian Hanu was like kind of had a bad year last year and. We talked about how we had goal worries, like we didn't store that many goals, but we still finished fifth. Like we still made playoffs and sure, like we got thumped by Portland, but I think it's not that big of a step that we have to take this year. Yeah, I I only, in uh, inverted commas, think that we need to score more goals. Because once we got past the first four games where we <laughs> when we were just terrible, we we actually looked fairly decent for the rest of the year. And 
it, it's really kind of one of those things where, you know, we lost the first four games, but then in the next 30 games, we only lost seven. So we were quite good, but we just, you know, we had a minus two goal difference. Whereas someone like Seattle had plus 20, Sporting Kansas City had plus 18. Like, I think that's the next step that we need to get to is we need to score a lot of goals. Because, I mean, Sporting Kansas City basically let in almost the same amount of goals as we did, but they just scored 16 more goals than us, right? So, yeah, I think uh, I think scoring goals is the next logical step to take us to top four. So, I'm feeling fairly confident. We've got Luisa Maria, we've got you know, Adriana Nu, we got Franco, we got Ray, we got our South African superstar. And we got a whole year of all these guys. We're not waiting. Yeah. We're not waiting until the middle of the season for someone to come in, which I, I think that is pretty big too. Now what are we going to do? Usually we have, you know, transfer watch until the middle of the season. Now we've signed all the guys before we even got there. Yeah, we, we have them all prior to the season <laughs> starting. I, I mean, who who knows? Like, I, I would like there to be someone coming in during the summer, someone impactful coming in during the summer. And Maybe that's what that eighth international spot will be used for. But the team is together now. It's not It's not like what we've had the past two seasons where we're just waiting for that summer transfer, transfer window to get going and bring in our guy. We have our guys. Let's go. Who, who knews what might happen? Eh? <laughs> who knews? Yeah. So, James, you think we do improve... <laughs> You answered the question. Yes, we do improve. Yes, and and I'll I'll just tag on because I think I think my train of thought mirrors yours very much. Is that I think yeah the pieces are in place. We have them at the start of the season. Last season the goals weren't there, and we kind of know why. We kind of have the excuses for why the goals weren't there. I think yes, we do improve from fifth place this season. We were the third worst team in the entire Western Conference in terms of goals. So, it, yeah, we have to get better. Yeah, I, I I guess, you know, when you think about whether or not we repro- improve, you want to think, did are we a better team than we were last year? Are we constructed better than we were last year? You know, so who, who leaves? Ozzy and Ethan Finlay. Losing Ash. And Gregus, sorry, sorry, Gregus, completely forgot about you because that's how much you played last year. Yep. Gone and forgotten so quickly. <laughs> I, I mean, but always in our hearts, we like always. Him. Oh no, us. no, I like him too. I like him too. But but think, you know, Amaria, right? Big big change, big person to gain up front. Uh, we did not replace Finlay. Maybe that's a summer move, right? If we need if we need someone on the wing, we need you know some speed outside. Justin McMaster doesn't take that step. Hansen doesn't stay healthy. You never know. But I, I feel like overall we have improved the team. Uh, and just like we said last year, I think this team should compete for a top four spot. That's what we were saying when we did our preseason episode last year. You know, We all had them in the top four. We finished fifth and we're acting like it was a, you know, it was a, it was a failure of a season, you know, because we had those expectations. I think it's very, it's a very good chance that we can get up there, but it all it comes down to is the same thing we've been talking about for the last three years. Can we score goals? And what did they spend all of their focus this offseason on doing? Adding guys up front. 
We have no idea Bongo, whatever his name is. I don't know. I'm sure I'll learn when he starts scoring goals, right? We have people on this team, hopefully, or at least they've been trying to, to find guys that can score goals. And if that happens, we'll be a top four team. If that doesn't happen, we'll just continue this, you know, uh, flirting with even on the point differential because we're going to, or goal differential, excuse me, because we're going to be a good defensive team. That is what we have constructed, right? That's that's what Heath wants. Can we start winning games two to nothing, three to one? That would be awesome. If we do that, the sky's the limit, but we got to get there. Yeah, and you, and you mentioned defensively, like we were the fourth best defensive team in the Western Conference. So it's really like, we were really good defensively when we were just terrible attacking. So, yeah, we fix the attacking part and we, you know, we get better. Yeah, I think about, I looked at the EPL table recently and maybe I could, I guess I could just pull it up and look at it again. But like Wolves feels like us. They have, they have not given up any goals, but they can't score at all. It's wild, right? And that's what it feels like our team has been. We just need to take that step to get some offense and then we'll be unreal. Oh man, you're totally right. I didn't even realize. You know, they've let in one more goal than Man City and they have scored 40 less goals than Man City. It's wild. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I I also think we do have to consider the fact that some of the lack of scoring has to do with the style of play that Heath plays, right? Heath is not going to open it up. Like, and that's just, we've never been under Heath, a team that just like goes up and down the, uh, the pitch. So, you know, we get up one goal or we get up two goals a lot of times it's going to be, you know, parking the bus a little bit. We're not going to be moving forward as much. And that also stunts a little bit of the goal scoring. I mean, right now, being honest and without really, like, having a ton of knowledge of how much better other teams got, I don't think anyone would have been surprised had had we made it to the MLS championship last year, right? I mean, the way the way things went and the way the season played out, Probably by the end of the year, they would have been, but people were picking us, you know, like that. It wasn't just like a fan, you know, just a fan thing. Like people thought we were good enough. We were 15 minutes away from being in the MLS championship the year before. So I don't see any reason why we can't be right up there with Seattle and, and Portland and all those guys this year. Um, I think to me, and I think it's going to be a really underrated thing and a big thing in terms of how things play out is the loss of Ozzy. Because if you remember at the end of last year, like, you know, Ozzy was, Ozzy was starting and it was because there wasn't a lot of confidence in the way our midfield was playing when he wasn't in there. And so we lose Ozzy and we didn't really do anything to replace that like veteran leadership. And, you know, so it's going to be, is Dotson going to step up? Is Will Trapp going to step up? If our midfield, you know, I think we're really solid on the back end. I think we're going to prove to be really solid on the front end. Does our midfield step up and keep us where it needs to be? And maybe maybe we're thinking from the lens of we have two center defensive mids playing all the time like we normally have, right? Maybe this 4-4-2, the midfield, the guys in the middle are Reynoso and either Trap or Dotson, right? It's not both at the same time. Maybe that's the thought process. I guess we're not there yet, right? But who knows? I guess I guess we'll just have to see. Um, I did like Nabi Kabanguchi. 
he is a massive human being. Watching him play in the preseason, I would like to see him get a chance. He's huge. He's all over the place. It's crazy. And from, you know? what, so, from, from what we're hearing, you will see him quite a bit more this year. So, yeah, I, I'd like to see what happens with him. It's going to, you know, not having that veteran leadership is is very, very true, Jeremy. That is a bad thing. But we have, we're getting older, right? This team is aging. We don't, you know, Hassani Dotson isn't a, a, he's not a young guy anymore, right? He's on his second contract now. So hopefully he can take that step forward. He could be that leader as well. I was also looking, and we didn't really talk about it before, but um, Ariaga, I think he had something like 11 yellow cards last year. So uh, he might be also someone who's going to come in and play a little bit of that enforcer role in the middle. So that could be another thing. Yeah, and I mean, you guys mentioned kind of, you know, losing out in the midfield. We, You mentioned we lost Ozzy, who was 35. We lost young Gregus, who was 30 as well. Like, Will Trapp is 28, but Hassani Dodson's only 23. Ariaga's 24. Like, these guys, are, yeah, you said Dodson. Oh, man. Oh, sorry, sorry, like, Hassani. I thought Hassani was like 27. <laughs> good, to, good to know. Oh, the guy's 23. Yeah, he, uh, you know, second contract, but came through MLS draft, right? So, yeah, like we we kind of lost, uh, we lost a lot, and now we're in, uh, we're kind of in youth, we're in youth midfield. But he's got his kid now. He's he's getting married. Like <laughs> that age is a guy, okay? As someone with two of them, <laughs> someone with two of them, like man, I'm a lot older now than I was when my daughter was born. Let's just say that. <laughs> Oh, Sam, Sam, that's such a, I'm a lot older now. I'm older now than I was when my daughter was born. Yes, Sam, that is true. Well, that's how it works. Yeah, but it's not like, it's not linear. It's exponential. Like (laughs) (laughs) a couple more gray hairs, Sam. I've been good. I've been good with the gray hairs. I I think it's more just uh, lameness, like wanting to stay inside on a Friday and Saturday night, like getting me to go, getting me to leave the West Metro to do anything. Especially have you, have you after a certain hour. Have you purchased dad shoes yet? Do you have like some Air Monarchs or or some New Balances that you you're rocking these days? Because that's another true sign of being a being an old dad. No, I don't. I don't have any New Balance. I I don't know what the most dad thing that I do would be. You guys could probably tell me more than I could think of one. But do you tuck in your t-shirts? No. Okay, you're good. <laughs> well. Uh, let's get into the kits. So we're about an hour into the show. The show is the kit episode, right? We wanted to talk, we wanted to kind of talk about the new, the brand new kit, the Minnesota night kit. It's, it's black. Okay. I'm sure everyone has seen it by now, but we'll, we'll paint you a little word picture here. It's a black kit. It's got this bright blue trim, kind of a V neck collar with that bright blue trim on it the three adidas stripes going down each shoulder on the kit itself there there are these like interesting pinstripes kind of subtle but add a really nice touch i'm sure you all saw it by now guys what are your thoughts on the night kit you gonna buy one uh, you know, we, I promised two years ago when uh, Luis Amaria scored 25 goals, I was going to buy a jersey. Well, when he's, uh, that, that's still a promise, right? <laughs> like, he's got, he's got 22 goals to go. I think, I think Adrian left him one short. He did, he did score three goals. One of them was in the MLS's so, back. So it, it depends on if you count that one or not, but yeah. 
I can count that. It's fine. I I agree. So, yeah, I mean, I'm going to buy one if he hits 25 goals. And you know what? I might buy one anyway, if if he doesn't hit 25 goals. But we'll see how that goes. But, yeah, it, uh, it looks good. It's uh I'm excited to uh to see it kind of trotted out. Uh I think we it's our second game, right? I think it's gonna come out because we're away. Uh yeah, so it's gonna be against Nashville, I think, that it uh, comes out properly. So uh yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited to see it. I think they look sharp. The name is stupid. The yep. night kit is just it sounds dumb. <laughs> um, Every kit needs a name I, I, now. The yeah, river kit, the night kit, the wing kit, the drift kit. I'm currently wearing yeah, a drift kit. They could probably just stop doing that. <laughs> um, other than that, I mean, I think it's, I think it's a sharp Jersey kind of, I was going through and looking, you know, obviously a lot of jerseys in the MLS and in general have all the, the sponsorship. Right. And I think Minnesota United is pretty lucky because that target logo is just super slick. So that you can kind of do a lot with it, but it's so simple at the same time. So like, you know, you just have that, that just nice plain logo. You don't have all the, the word target anywhere or anything like that. Not that they've done that before, but just like it's, it, I think that just makes it look a lot nicer than a lot of the other jerseys around the MLS. I, I prefer, I prefer a little bit more wacky myself. So, uh, you know, I would prefer something maybe a little more like hard on the eyes, something colorful <laughs> and crazy, but uh, you know, uh, it's a pretty, it's a pretty sharp looking Jersey. You mean you mean like the the Timbers is heritage kit, which is just like this, like no, that is the most black. horrible horrible <laughs> kit from any team in any sport. I've We've ever, got all this leftover fabric. Actually, let's make a jersey out of it. I got this written down. I was going to talk about that hideous kit. Yeah, I saw someone rank it on Twitter as their uh, exactly least favorite kit of twenty twenty two. I think I, I usually I usually wait to see a jersey on a player before I, I form an opinion. And then I saw that jersey on a player and it made it even worse. So good luck, Portland. Going from the what was the, what what did we call last year's kit, Sam? What the was it? Legend of Zelda Hayroll <laughs> kit. The Legend of Z- Yeah, yeah. So they were like, let's kit. hold my beer. Let's make it worse. Uh I I mean <laughs> oh. I mean, I know we got we were going to talk about this later, but I also hate the LA kit where they put their badge in the middle. I just think that's terrible. Yeah, the only the only team that can do that is England. Any team that's not England shouldn't do that. Yeah, just don't, guys. No, it looks terrible. I I think that the night kit looks great. Uh, I think kind of you know to to piggyback off of what Jeremy said. The Target logo is just such a clean logo that we kind of have to have our jerseys be like simple, clean looking jerseys. And that's not a bad thing. Sometimes it looks nice, right? I think I think the last two jerseys have just had a really nice, clean look to them. You know, some some details, right? So to kind of make it so it's not just a plain colored jersey, right? But But I think it looks nice. I think that's what they're going for is just kind of a nice, simple look, not trying to do too much. Maybe, maybe that if they're ever going to bring back a third kit, that could be the wild one, right? That would be my opinion is have two nice, easy home and away kits and then do something crazy for the third one. Yeah. And that's, so I, that's generally what most teams do. Like, right. They have like the third, like Ajax's third kit last year was also this like wild looking crazy kit. So I, I agree with that. Well, and I know Sam loves the red button. So my, my idea for a kit is to actually take 
the middle of the target circle, make that red, and do a wrap a full wraparound loon that wraps around the jersey, like where that's the eye. That to me is how I would do it, and that would look pretty sharp, I think. What if the I, loon I also? Listening? <laughs> what if the loon also breathes fire? Right, that would be pretty sweet. <laughs> I I do like I do like the pinstripes of this one though. I think uh, I think that looks clean. I would have loved. For the pinstripes to be words. I know I saw this on Twitter somewhere. Like someone said about the words, like if they said like Minnesota United loons or something. Like or, the the Conor McGregor FU. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Something something really. Uh, Google that. that. Google Google Conor McGregor pinstripe suit, people, and you'll know what I'm talking about. It's great. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, quality. I think I think they're gonna start just uh merging the names of our kit though. I think that would be quite fun. I think next year's kit would be the River Drift kit, and then there's like the Nightwing kit. That would be that would be cool the year after. Ah, that would be pretty sweet. The names are weird. I I think I'll get one eventually. Um, I actually I, I've started a nice little collection where I have now four Minnesota United jerseys. I have not paid full price for any of them, so I, I guess that that's what my mindset is on this. Is that Paying, what is it, like $140, $150 for the authentic one, and that's without any name on the back? That's that's just too much. I, I'd rather spend $140 or $150 on something else, but I've gotten quite a few of them once they get down in price to like $40, $50. And as soon as I see, as soon as I see this kit for, you know, $40, $50, I'd maybe even go up to say 80 if it was the authentic and not the replica. I'm, I'm just, yeah, I'm going to wait for it to go on sale. And that's kind of my mindset on any Minnesota United kit is that I'm going to, I'm going to try to buy each one, even, even the ones I'm not as excited about, but I'm just going to try to get them much, much cheaper in price. Yeah. I mean the, the authentic, uh, the authentic with name is 160 bucks right now. So that's, uh, that's in, a lot of money. I'm economy? also getting a collection in this economy with that worldwide shipping. Uh, it was bad enough with Minnesota Aurora gear trying to get that shipped. Whew. Uh, man, I ended up uh, sending it to a friend of the show, Nate, uh, who's going to ship it to me because uh, it's just cheaper. But yeah, I mean, I'm also getting a collection of shirts, but mine are like the mystery mystery football shirts. So I've started to pick up a few. Uh, all the shirts I seem to get are white, though. Like almost every shirt that I own is every football shirt I own is white. England's one, Finland's one, the Minnesota United one. I've got a couple from the mystery box. They're also white. So, yeah, I need uh, I need some more colored jerseys in my life. Well, let, let's kind of get into how this is going to work. So we're going to go starting with the 2017 home kit. We're going to go over every kit from every year. We'll give you a brief word picture, and then we'll just say where we rank it. So one to six, there have been six kits. No, 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 no. Sorry, one to seven. Seven. One to seven. seven. There have been seven kits at this point. We'll give a brief description, and we'll do brief because I assume most of you listening, at least if we give you a reminder, I'm assuming most of you probably remember what the kit was. So brief, brief word picture, brief description, and then what our ranking is. Justin, you want to kick us off with the 2017 home kit? Yeah, sure. Uh, hey, have you ever made a, a a create a team in FIFA? That's what this jersey is. 
Nice blue sash down the middle. Just just not very good. Not very good. Be better. Be better MLS. This this feels like the the a fake jersey that they were just you know like we don't even know what the jersey is going to be look be looking like. Let's just put this in there. But yeah, gray with a blue sash down the middle. The Adidas stripes down the side and the sash just is like a weird combination. Is that good, Sam? Was that a good visualization of the kit? Sure, sure. So what do you rank it? Uh, Sixth. It is not the worst jersey we have. I am going to rank it fifth. I actually don't. I actually thought it was solid. It is a little bit FIFA create a team, but I I think it looks nice. I, I do own it. I like it. I'm also, like Justin, going to rank this sixth. Not the worst kit, but uh, it definitely reminds me of playing Fantasy Premier League when you just throw some colors at a kit with a stripe and, you know. So I I clearly am the favorite of this one. I got it fourth. It's just that kind of ugly jersey that I like, so. Way to go. Well, we'll keep things moving to the 2017 away kit. It is... I think FIFA create a team is a very good description for this. It's a white kit kind of gray shoulders with the blue Adidas stripes. It again was from our first year when I I wouldn't be surprised if Minnesota United basically just put their, put their badge on a Adidas template. I have it ranked seven of seven. It is my least favorite one that Minnesota United has had. Would I buy it if I found it on sale? Yes. You're just a collector. That's what I'm hearing. I also yeah. I I also ranked this seventh. I don't really like this kit. I also really don't like the gray strip across the bottom. I have zero, zero love for that. And I don't know if it was just the MLS logo back then, but the fact that it's like half blue and half white is also just a weird look. I don't know if that was for hours. Yeah, I don't know if... Because, like, the one that I have is, like, completely wide across. And I don't know if that's been changed now. Like, that's for all the kits. But, uh, yeah, okay. If for, the, for those that can't tell, we're showing off badges on our kits to see what they look like now. But, yeah, I don't uh, I don't really rate that. So, a seven. Worst kit for me. Yeah, it's, it's a really ugly jersey. And I don't like white jerseys to begin with. And then they, like, accessorize it with just garbage. So, yeah, seven. Yeah, it reminds me of every terrible Tennessee Titans jersey with uh-huh, the, yeah. the shoulder crap. Nah, this is bad. Seventh. Yeah, so sevens across the board for the 2017 away. Yeah, so then we get uh, to the 2018 kit, uh, which Sham is beautifully repping right now. It's uh, The word picture is uh, gray and less gray in uh, a stripey, uh, in a kind of striped formation. Vertical stripes. It's got the red loon button, which I know is a personal favorite for a lot of people. White target logo. Looks uh, looks very solid. Also, the first one where we kind of went for only the home kit, kind of MLS style one kit a year. I, I like it. It's much, much better than the 2017 home kit. I rated this uh, third. This is my third favorite kit. Last year was my second favorite kit. Well, spoilers. This year it's my... Uh, it's my, uh, this year it's my uh, third favorite kit. I mean, it looks good on you, Sam. So I, I got this one down at six. I'm just not a big fan of the stripes. I, I just don't like that style and that look. 
like I do like the color scheme and I like, you know, whatever, but I just, I don't know. Maybe it's the fat guy in me. I just don't want those stripes. Is it the vertical stripes or the, which ones are the slimming stripes? Vertical or horizontal? I, I don't, I don't think anything makes me look slimming. So it's, it's, uh, it's probably neither for me, but yeah, I just, I don't know. It's just not my thing. I, I think it's supposed to be vertical stripes or slimming. Because horizontal stripes make you makes it look like a barrel. That's bad. Stay away from that. So this this used to be my number one. It was my number one last year, but it has fallen down to number three. Uh, it's a great kit. It's super nice. I think they finally. This is where we finally saw them making something that you could tell that they designed, or at least had. You know, they were giving a PowerPoint. As we learned, is the way that they do this. They do a PowerPoint about what they think the jersey should be. This is the first time that that our team actually got to have say in it. And I love the red, the red button. I think that's a really cool touch that I wish that they had come back to. Yeah. I, I had to rank it number one and it is because of the red button. I think it's such a subtle touch, but it is very uniquely Minnesota United, you know, a throwback to one of the old NASL jerseys. I was really hoping for a return of to a return to the red button this year. Obviously didn't happen. But I do have this as my number one kit, and the red button is the reason. Just think how excited you'll be when you get the red-eyed loon in the big target. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> All right, so I got the 2019. Um, I get to do the honor of having the first kit that has a stupid name. So this is the drift kit. But it's actually, like I said earlier, I don't really like white. But this is actually a really sharp jersey. It's just a pretty much straight up white jersey with the black target logo on the front i got this as my fifth ring just because i think and and sam knows this from living with me it's really not a good idea for me to own anything white so <laughs> it's pretty much gotta be on the bottom but i got this at fifth i rented like a carpet shampooer from cub many times when i lived with jeremy because there was pizza sauce everywhere <laughs> Yeah, I like tomato-based sauces too much, Jeremy. I'm this. I'm in the same boat. I can't have a white jersey, but I think it looks really clean. And I have this as my fourth. I have it as my fourth too, and I I, I want to say four, three, and two were all really close for me, but I, I do have it as my fourth. I think it looks frosty. I own one. I call it frosty. It's icy, like yeah. Sorry, this that was, is uh, that was my attempt at ice, man. Wow. <laughs> This is, uh, I have this as number one. This is my favorite kit. Uh, it's the only Minnesota kit I own as well with uh, Robin Lud on the back. I really like it. I'm also usually not a fan of white kits, although I have just a ridiculous amount of them at the moment. But yeah, I think it's really clean. I really like the, as much as I really hate kind of a stripe at the bottom of the shirt, I do like that there's kind of like this little light blue stripe on the sleeves, uh, like a hoop at the bottom. I think it's really nice, and it's kind of got this this pattern that you can really only see when you're kind of wearing it or you're up close. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm a big fan of the Drift Kit. It's uh, number one for me. All right, next we have the 2020 Wing Kit. I uh, just want to start off by saying that this is the one that we were most excited for before it came out because they told us it was going to be a Wing Kit. Uh, so it has... Coming from the bottom up, it's got, you know, the three feathers of the wing. Uh, but then it has these three blue 
the three blue Adidas stripes, it was the dumb thing they did in MLS jerseys that season. They have not done it since because it looked terrible. And then they did, did like this weird raised collar thing. Just, you know, like just a, a great idea for a jersey, but not great execution. But I still like it more than a lot of the garbage ones we've already talked about. Uh, I have this as my fifth jersey. So, I mean, so you like it basically more than the two from 2017. Yeah. Yeah. I I actually, I almost ranked it seven out of seven. And I, I love the idea of the wing and whoever from Minnesota United uh, tried to make, you know, with the V-neck, with the raised collar and the three Adidas stripes on the shoulder. I know our design team was very limited because no matter what they did, it was not going to really turn out well. And in fact, of the MLS kits that year, you know, I'd have to look back, but I wouldn't be surprised if I'd rank our wing kit as the best one of any of the MLS kits that year. I love the idea of having the wing. That's pretty sweet. But the collar was just so bad, specifically the collar, just so bad. I almost ranked it seven out of seven. I ranked it instead six out of seven. I think that the the one with the sash from 2017, I like significantly better than this one. And I went back and forth between this and the inaugural white kit over which one was worse. And it's 100% because of the collar. That collar sucks. It also has like these cuffed, like these cuffs on the arms that I would not be able to wear this jersey. Like I can't, like I'd be, I'd be like hulking out of it. You're, if I wore you're just it. too I ripped. Imagine. Just, <laughs> or I'm just like not a tiny human being, right? There's a lot of people out there that have big arms and I can't imagine them being able to fit in this jersey. Yeah, I mean, I also ranked this fifth. Again, it's got like just a hoop around the bottom. Like it's just, I don't like that in a kit. And yeah, I think there's just too much going on, I think, for it to be, you know, we talked about, you know, we talked about how we have the Target logo and we kind of need to have like fresh and and kind of clean and not too much going on. But with the stripes in the shoulder, the wing, the the sleeves, the hoop at the bottom, there's just, yeah. There's just too much going on. It's still better than the two inaugural kits, though. <laughs> I will go with that. So the collar as well, this, there was just a lot happening. I got this one third. It's just ugly enough to be cool looking. I, so, like, you know, Justin was talking about the stripes on the top. I actually kind of like them because they don't belong there. It just kind of looks off kilter. And, and like, I, I guess from years and years of watching sports, like it's just like, you've seen the same jerseys manufactured over and over again. And so like, I like that Jersey. That's just not, that doesn't look right. So it is kind of an ugly Jersey, but it's something I like in a Jersey. So that's why I have a third. So then I will keep things going with the 2021 away. This is the blue river kit. So you've been seeing this one on the field all last season, right? Blue Jersey. It has some, kind of patterning that would remind you of looking at like a, a map of a lake that shows like depths and stuff. Don't know what the actual term for that would be. Black accents, so like a black V-neck, black Adidas stripes, black cuffs around the arms. I think it's pretty solid. I, I think it is really solid. I don't own one yet because it hasn't been on sale yet, but I have this as my third ranked kit, which, yeah, I, I think it's pretty sweet. I think uh, I think the word you're looking there for there is uh, topography. Topography. Thanks, James. Topography. No worries. Uh, 
the geography teacher and me. I never did geography. Uh, well, and I, I'm licensed to teach geography, so wait, I should know yeah. that. <laughs> wait, Pam, you don't know what to- topography is? I know is? what it is. I couldn't think of the word. <laughs> you know, two kids, brain. Nah, it's not always it's not always there. I ranked this I ranked this the fourth kit. This was really close between the 2018 and and this one for three and four. Like so, Justin is wearing this kit at the moment, um, and I think it. I think it looks really quite nice. Like you said, there's a lot of there's a lot of good things going on with this kit. I mean, I would like to own this kit in the future uh, as well, probably over the 2018 kit. But uh, yeah, this is a, a solid fourth, but it's it's growing on me. You know, maybe next so, year it'll so, be a bit higher. So, Justin, I, I think you'll agree with me on this. We have Sam, who's a transplant. And we have James who hasn't lived here. And this color is purely like Minnesota. Like if you were a Twins fan, your favorite jerseys are the baby blues. There's something about a, a baby blue Minnesota jersey that just just pops. And uh, these are I have these as my number one. And it just it it just looks it just looks awesome. The baby blues, and I love the like to you know topography type of thing that again with most of these jerseys you can only see it when you're really up close i i just think it's it's by far i i don't even think it's close in terms of how much i like this jersey more than the others yeah i think it's it's just a it's a real nice clean classic look i the jersey is also just as you said it looks great up close that's a nice element of it it looks great on the tv when you're watching them play I also just think it works really well with the 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 font of our numbers. Like I, I just think it goes really well with the stripes on the shoulder because you know the the font also kind of has that that striping to it. Uh, I just think it's a really nice jersey and it's growing on me. You know, as, as the longer I see it, it was my second rated jersey last year, and I've actually moved it up to number one. I, I think it's the best one we got so far. Cool. And then I'm going to bring it home. The 2022 kit, the night kit. Uh, beautiful pinstripes. I mean, we, we've talked a little bit about this kit already. You know, blue kind of added us across the top. There's a nice blue collar. Uh, it even has uh, some words in the collar as well, which is uh, which is quite nice. I I really like this kit. I'm really looking forward to seeing it uh, to seeing it on the field and. Yeah, I think the wing kit missed out, but, you know, the drift kit, the river kit, the night kit, there's all something about when you get up close and personal, there's like an extra layer to it. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. I rate that, uh, I, I rate this my second best kit. I'm uh, I'm excited to see it uh, in person, but currently this is uh, this is kit number two. I, uh, I really like this. Yeah, I got it number two also. I agree. I hope that it, um, I hope that it looks as good on TV as I think it will. I, I also like, I mean, again, I think generally I wouldn't like just a black jersey because, you know, it, it just kind of is what it is. But it just has some little nuances about it that make it look really nice. Yeah, I agree. I think this jersey looks great. Uh, I think that for a team that calls themselves the Minnesota Black and Blue to have not had a black jersey yet, you know, it's been long, long, long time coming. So I think it looks great. It kind of, you know, obviously it's not, it's not the same as New Zealand's all blacks jersey, but I think it kind of has that vibe to it. I think this is going to be a really nice presence on the field. 
I think other teams are going to watch us play in this and be like, wow, those look sharp, that kind of thing. So I'm looking forward to seeing seeing this in, on the field. And I think it's going to look great. Yeah, I agree with everything you guys have said. I also have this ranked number two. I think it looks really nice, really sharp. It bothers me a little bit that like Chicago, Colorado, Vancouver, like they, numerous other teams, I think Montreal, everyone kind of has the same V-neck this year, or like there's five to seven teams that all have the same V-neck this year, along with those Adidas stripes. And right, that's just what, that's what you get with Adidas. You do the things that you can to make your your jersey yours, but at the end of the day, Adidas is giving, and I love Adidas, but for MLS kits, they give you all a template and you just have to kind of do it, do what you can with that template. If this would have been a Chelsea jersey years ago, I would have said that that was one of my favorite Adidas Chelsea jerseys. I think this one looks really sharp, doesn't really have anything that makes it truly a loons jersey other than the colors where the 2018 home kit had the red button which made it a loons jersey so that that was why i had the the 2018 home jersey ranked above this one but i I really do like the black kit and right now i have it ranked second so there you have it everyone we ranked all seven mls era minnesota united kits We were unanimous in thinking the 2017 away kit was the worst one. We were unanimous in saying that the night kit was our second ranked kit. I had the 2018 gray home kit with the stripes and the red button. I had that as my number one. James had the 2019 drift kit as his number one. Justin and Jeremy both ranked the blue river kit as their top Minnesota ML. Minnesota United MLS era kit. So just wrapping things up, guys. We launched our kit on Friday. What are our thoughts on what are our thoughts throughout the league? How do you like the MLS Adidas kits? Are they getting better? Okay, there have been a lot of complaints about just templates and them looking generic and not being not not really stepping outside the box at all. What are we thinking about the kits this year? Uh, I think in general, they're getting better. I mean, if you look just purely at Minnesota United, I mean, my top three are the last three they put out. So, I mean, I in that regard, I think they're better. A couple of the ones um, that I really wanted to like point out, the Philadelphia new home jersey, I think is pretty sharp. And I also love the uh, New York FC lightning bolt, like orange and blue. Um, jersey, I think it's super ugly, which is awesome. Okay. I love okay. it. Yeah. Um, I mean, as long as you have the caveat that it's ugly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's and it's it, ugly in the best possible way. Um, and it's got dude wipes the, on the shoulder. Yeah. Did you see that part, Jeremy? And then the t- Jeremy, Jeremy, hold on. Uh-huh. Did you see that their sponsor on the sleeves is dude wipes? Yep, that's fine. <laughs> that makes it even better. Um, and then I, we already talked about it, but the Timbers new road jerseys are literally the worst sports jersey ever created. I dare you to find a different one that's worse. Like that thing I don't horrible. know that there is. It's, it's so it looks it looks like what a bunch of super fat guys would wear on like a cruise. Like you know, like it's just it's super bad. Like that this that. Like it's supposed to be roses, right? Is that what it's supposed to be on yeah, that kit? They're, because... they're the Rose City. 
Yeah. But I, I also, like, I commented to the guys, Jeremy, I hate the fact that this kit has all of this roses and stuff on the front, and the back is literally just blank. Like, I know that you need to put names and colors, but there's not even roses at the bottom. It's just blank. It, oh, it looks so horrible. Because I the front looks like your grandma's curtains, and the back looks like yeah. the curtains that are kind of like the secondary curtains. Because you have the curtains and then yeah. you, you have the second layer, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a couple of there's a couple of shirts I'd like to shout out. Um, I think the the Rapids one is done quite well. They also have kind of the mountain the mountainous outline, like uh, like we have the drift kit and the, and the pinstripes. I think that's quite nice. And that, that's another one that has the same V neck and same stripes as that that we have. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I quite like that one. I also like uh, the Toronto shirt. Like it's half white, but I mean it does look like a FIFA shirt. It's half white and then half like grey, and then opposite colours on the shoulders. Uh, but you know, I think uh, I think that kind of works for them. I, I like I like that shirt. I think that the Toronto one's all right, and like you said, the Philadelphia one. That looks pretty sweet. Although having a sponsor that's called Bimbo just is, just makes me laugh. It's just, just not a great name. It's a it's a food brand. Um, okay, yeah, I, I yeah I didn't know that. Pr- so probably it just looks funny. Probably bigger Bimbo in Mexico than you can find in the U.S., but probably a bigger brand in Mexico than it is here. There you go. Gotcha. So my my favorite, I love the Vancouver kit. I just think it just has this really classic look to it. I, I I'm a big fan. Like I was I was even thinking like if I was going to buy another team's jersey of all the teams, that would have been the one. That's the one that stands out for me. Um, I, I, didn't, one- I didn't want to appear biased because <laughs> I used to like Vancouver, but I also like that. I also like that shirt. It, so it's good. clean. It looks crisp. Uh, but the one that's giving me like PTSD is this Miami kit that looks like uh, so when I was in high school, I think it was, it's bringing me back to like the spring of 2005 where everyone wore pastel polo shirts from, from American Eagle. And I'm looking at this inner Miami pink with the collar. And I'm just like, just not having that, that, that looks terrible. You got to pop that the collar. Heartbeat. Yeah. The, pop it. Yeah. You got to, the, the, <laughs> the only reason people beat, don't yeah. like it is it's not popped in the picture. You got to pop it. Uh I mean, yeah, also, that, I, that inner Miami one is terrible. Also, did you it's notice on the bad. bottom of the sleeve is like a heartbeat sensor as well? Like, th- there's heartbeats on that on the bottom of that sleeve on both sides. It's called the heartbeat kit. I I also I also thought that the sponsor was like, oh, did they misspell Xbox? Like, what is what is is this? I guess is this crypto? I'm guessing it's crypto, right? Know. It's got to be. They should have had guess. Hollister be their sponsor, but yeah, I get it. Yeah, XBTO uh, is a uh, crypto. Yeah. The CF Montreal one is pretty sweet too. It's got that like marbling, the blue and white. That's a Man, there was an Arsenal kit like that. They right? yeah, they stole that kit from Arsenal. There was that was like Arsenal's one last year or the year before was the red marbling on the white. There's that Adidas recycling, huh? There it, it is again. Exactly the same. It's I, I oh, like it's it so better cool. in blue than red, though. And in, in red, when Arsenal would be playing, it would just look like they got like clawed by a lion on TV because you can't you can't see that it's a marble pattern. 
from a distance. It just looks like they have like claw prints of blood. I don't know. That was how that was how it looked to me. It, now that it's it just shows their toughness, Sam. You got to be tough to be on Arsenal. What do you um? What do you guys think of uh, the newest team in the MLS? What do you think of Charlotte's kit? Uh, they were solid. Like they got the pattern. They got the patterning around the the neck and the the end of the sleeves. Can't go wrong with the baby blue. No solid. I'll put every, yeah. Uh, their away kit is a black kit as well. I was just gonna say for everyone listening at home, being like, "What? What? What are you guys talking about?" Like, I, I, I knew, I knew what the drift kit looked like, but I, I don't know what all these teams look like. I'll put a link in the show notes so that you can maybe check out some of these that we're talking about. We're limited in our in our podcast. We need to have a YouTube, I, I, basically, is what I'm getting at, guys. Yeah, I, I don't. Uh, I also don't rate the the Houston kit. Like, there's a lot going on with that kit. And the problem is, is their sponsor is a cancer center, right? Which is good. But the sponsor has, like, cancer crossed out like they want to get rid of it. So it just makes the logo look, like, super weird. In fact, that, like, cancer's just crossed out of their of their logo. And there's, there's a lot going on with that kit. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what it's supposed to be behind it. But, uh, yeah. It, uh, it looks a little weird. All right. So, I mean, we've we've complained about Portland numerous times. We don't like Portland's kit. Right? Like, we, we talk about Adidas kits being boring, and, and then you see a couple of examples of teams being allowed to think outside the box a little bit more, and then you see Portland's, and you're like, not like that. I think unanimously we think Portland's is pretty darn ugly. I don't know. I, <laughs> They're ruining it for the rest of us. <laughs> I, I think Seattle's is pretty gross, too. Not as gross, but... No, Seattle's is nice. The, is the, that, blue, uh, the blue the, checkmarked one, right? Yeah, check, the yeah. checkered flag? Does Seattle yeah. have a, a historic racing history? So, Sam, that is one of those jerseys. Like, honestly, I, I, I actually thought it didn't look that great when I first saw it. But then I saw it on a player. And I think it looks a lot better, like on a player, than it does just on its own. And uh, it reminds yeah, me a lot I, of Chelsea's blue kit this year. And I don't, I don't like. And I'm a huge Chelsea fan, but I don't like Chelsea's blue kit this year at all. I I also kind of have a problem, and I think this is a problem that sponsors have: is that you have this kind of green and blue checked front, and then you're trying to put like a white named logo over the front and it just doesn't really stand out at all like they got to have some way that it that it kind of stands out like pops because it doesn't really like that logo that zulily i know it's like a fashion company right or e-commerce or something but yeah it just doesn't really pop it just yeah it just looks a bit flat that's why i like the target logo like you're saying jeremy it, it it's really easy and it just it just looks good well, any anyone else have anything that they want to say about kits that they like or don't like? What do you What do you guys think of the uh, Orlando City? What's it called the Sunshine Kit, where it starts with purple and then goes to orange stripes, like halfway up. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't think it's very good looking. I don't mind it. It's okay. That might be a seat on seat in person. See it on a see it on a guy jersey. Yeah, it's you know. 
it it uh it's it's partially ugly, so you know it it works. <laughs> I, I again, I, I don't like the block the block color. So anytime you add a little something to it, unless of course you're Portland, I don't. Sorry, it's just so bad. I literally <laughs> just don't even. I I know I keep bringing it up, but it's horrible. Um, but uh, I I think that the the you know it, it stands out. It's different. It's not like all the other clubs in the league. So I like that the Orlando one as well. Um, there was another one I was looking at that, uh, the, uh, Chicago fire one. I kind of like the like arrows pointing up and the, the C logo is really sharp with the blue. Like that's a really cool kit. I was about to mention that, you know, that's called the water tower kit. They have an old water power there that they really like. Yeah. The Chicago fire water tower kit. Everyone. Yes. Everyone seems to be having these weird names. Like. Sporting Kansas City is the State Line 3.0 kit. Which I mean, makes sense. Just Kansas City. Or the, so, so, the Junta Juvant kit from Cincinnati. You, yeah. got, you know that one, Sam? Um, no, I, I, I don't know the story of that. But yeah, like we're running out of names. It was cool, right? Like it was cool <laughs> like when it was the drift kit. Like that sounded kind of nice. Ford Madison had the drip kit. That was kind of cool. But now, like, we're out of names to name your kit after. The San Jose Creator Kit, the New England Liberty City Kit, the Columbus Gold Standard Kit. Yeah. I, I mean, the these LAFC are like college football bowls. Like, how... how Crescendo I, Kit from Dallas. The LAFC Five Years Strong Kit. How long before the Craft Fight Hunger Kit? <laughs> the Duke's Mayo the Kit. The Papa John's Kit. Yeah, like... And DC, DC United with the ever clever black and red kit. <laughs> I, I like also, that Atlanta. better than. <laughs> I mean, Atlanta just stealing Portland's thunder. The Atlanta United Forest kit. It's uh, very green. And it's uh, the city in the forest is written like on their, uh, on their collar. Ah, I don't know, man. Yeah, we. I, I agree. Like everyone's got to have this fancy name, and it's just. I mean, the Vancouver kit is called the Vancouver Hoop Cross the City kit. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Or the New York Red Bulls one Ritmo kit. I don't even know where they get these names from. Well, guys, let's wrap this up. So we have coming up. So the She Believes Cup, if you're into the U.S. Women's National Team, playing as we speak. So I do not know how their game against New Zealand is going. But on Wednesday, February 23rd, they play Iceland. They already drew 0-0 against the Czech Republic. And as we said, they are playing New Zealand as we are currently recording. Minnesota. Currently, they are currently 2-0 up. Okay, so they probably won that game. Probably won that game. We have the opener at Philly, Minnesota United's opener at Philly, Saturday, February 26th, under two weeks from now. Cannot wait. And then our home opener the following Saturday, March 5th, against Nashville. LFG, guys. LFG. Un- under two weeks? Sam, it's under one week. It's it's six days away. Oh, man. Never mind. <laughs> six days away. 1, 1 p.m. as well. So afternoon start. So shoot. Okay. 
I'll have to uh, figure my life out. Yep. So yeah, I'm, even, I'm excited. Even a good time for me. Even I got I got tickets to the home opener, so I'm looking forward to that. Ooh. I'm looking at the weather though; it's going to be 31 and snowing on March 5th. So, Ooh. oof. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully that changes so that you can have a good time. Yeah, I'm going to have to get. I'm going to have to figure out what games I'm going to this year. But yeah, I'm going to finally make it to one this year. I think I gotta, but I I want to go when it's not so cold to be outside. Yeah, I hear that. Well, guys, thank you all for listening. Remember, subscribe, rate, and review. Follow us on social media. All that good stuff means a lot. We appreciate you all listening. Thank you for humoring our hobby. Go Loons. Peace out. On you, Loons. Yeah. Peace out. Sorry, I got a kid with me now. Okay, I got a kid with me now. So if you've sensed me being a little distracted in the past five minutes, that's why. Peace out and pot on you, Loons. Go, go pot on, Loons, go. <laughs> wasn't that bad. Not on Elons. It was not that bad. <laughs> Peace out guys. See you later everybody. Peace.